Grooveaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy. Groovy.
This won't come easy It's not what I'm used to I'm stuck on repeat She don't feel like you do You do You do Looking forward to better days What's going on, Groovaholics? You just heard Better Days by The Sideways. Joey Steele of The Sideways is my guest on the show today, and it's a super fun one. Very unique because we have a little bit of everything. He played about a 20-minute or so performance live on Facebook. This was recorded on Facebook like most our uh, our episodes are. We stream every Wednesday. Uh, this was a special Sunday set. And I just enjoyed it. You know, he had good sound quality. A lot of times I keep the streams exclusive to the Facebook audience. But for this one, I want to play Joey's set for you guys here on the podcast. Then we move into the interview portion later on. So check out the show notes if you want to jump to anything specific. But let's get started with the live stream of Joey. And then we'll get into the interview, the conversation with Joey and I in a little bit. I'm so happy to have you guys here today and uh, enjoy. We're going to start some stuff off with a few songs. Um, these are not typically the songs i play with sideways i'll say um kind of just a little bit more of what i really like to play outside of the band um first off is a kind of new one that i've written Yeah. 
when I feel uneasy and today I'll just sit and cry It's over, I know that it's fine, and that's okay. You'll always have a piece of my mind. Easy to say, but you the Goodbye. You'll always have a piece of my That was actually the first time I played that one live. Kind of psyched about it, honestly. <laughs> um, this next one is another one that actually, it's a, a cover. Um, it means a lot to me. It's called Miss Ohio it's by Alison Krauss. Really, really love this song. Down. 
She says, I want to do right, but not right now. I do arm around the shoulder, a regimental soldier. And mama starts pushing that wedding gown. She says, I want to do right, but not right now. I know all about it, so you don't have to shout it. I'm gonna figure it out somehow. Oh, she says I wanna do right, but not right now. Oh, she says I wanna do right, but not right now. Oh, me, oh my, oh, won't you look at me so high, oh, running around with the rag tied down. She says I want to do right, but not right now. Oh, she says I want to do right, but not right now. Says I want to do right, but not right now. She says I want to do right, but not right now. Oh, she says I want to do right, but not right now. I am silver and exact Have no preconceptions Whatever I see 
I swallow immediately. Just as it is, I'm misted by love or dislike. I am not cruel. Mm. I'm truthful. The eye of a little god. Oh. Far corner, most of the time I meditate on the opposite wall. It is pink with speckles. I have looked at it so long. I think it's a part. Of my heart, mm, but it flickers. Faces in darkness separate us over and over.
for anyone thinking the lyrics to that are super fucking weird, it's a Sylvia Plath poem that I um, actually put to music. Originally, that was going to be the first Sideways song before I had a bass player or a guitar player or even a drummer. I wanted Sideways to be like way more artsy than it ever turned out to be. Um, the next song and probably my last song of this little live set is actually a Christmas song that I wrote around the same time for Sideways. This, this set's all about nostalgia for sure for me. Uh, this song is called Cold December.
in cold December And I've been feeling under the weather And I can't get out from under The old snowy weather Creeping in and I remember And I can't help but think what should have done Anyway, that's a sideways Christmas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I think that's, I've been what's up? I've been peering into the live streams. There's a lot of people on the Facebook stream right now. For anyone who doesn't know what's going on here, you just got a private performance from Joe, the sideways. And ultimately, we're about to record an episode of the Rochester Groovecast podcast where a Joe and I will have just a casual conversation about music. I want to give him an, a, a moment here to take a break. We're going to play a track. You guys can go take a pee, grab a beer. We'll play Sweater by the Sideways, and then we'll come right back and we'll move on to the interview portion. So thanks again for playing, man. That was great. I like the more loungy, mellow, you know, Christmas tunes. Not Christmas yeah. tunes, but it's it's got oh, that winter God. vibe. <laughs> yeah, Sideways has always had a Christmas vibe to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. I can't wait to, to get this interview going. Yeah, I'm going to throw on sweater, and we'll be right back with you.
Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C first to keep in touch with everything new. Now back to the show. Welcome everybody to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding region. I am your host, Ben Albert, and I am here live with Joey Sideways, the man. He just had a private performance on Facebook, so if you're listening to the audio the next day, anybody watching this now thinks I'm crazy, but if you're listening to the audio the next day, you want to go to the Facebook stream and watch that. And hey, man, it's, it's, it's awesome to have you here, man. I'm excited. Sunday night. Yeah, finally be here it's been a minute since i've seen you i mean since i've seen anyone but (laughs) yeah i'm psyched to be finally doing some sideways content sideways content yeah it's it's been a crazy year without a doubt um you know you're the kind of guy that i would see out at shows on a weekly basis um we don't have that luxury anymore so we'll we'll dive into how the year's been in a moment. Um, first, I ultimately want to introduce Joey. If you, if you guys don't know the sideways, you got to roll out from under that rock because 
you guys have been making moves. You had a couple, um, you know, outdoor shows during COVID, which were totally like social distance and cool people coming to that. You just wrote out an album recently. You guys are making noise. It's a bummer that we kind of had to put things on a halt a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you guys don't know Joey and you probably already do, you should check out the sideways. And um, it, where did the nickname sideways come from uh, in the first place? You know, honestly, I, it, it's kind of fitting for a nickname like sideways, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it was like, I'm pretty sure it was Eli. I'm pretty sure it was Eli Flynn who gave me that nickname. Um, some just really late night, he started calling me Joey sideways cause I was playing the piano sideways or something <laughs> like that. And then like, next thing you know, every one of my friends was calling me sideways all the time. I couldn't go anywhere without getting introduced to sideways. And so I, I think part of me just kind of like named the band that so people would stop calling me, <laughs> calling me Joey Sideways. Okay, that makes but, sense. I mean, end of the day, it was just kind of like it, it, it fit us at the time for sure. I think it still does fit us pretty well. Yeah, pretty well, eclectic, eclectic group of guys. Hey, man. I mean, Sideways is. I'm surprised no one had taken that name. I mean, we sleep sideways. <laughs> there's this about that. There's actually this like I I can't remember. They're from some they're from like Norway or Sweden or some European company or country. Um there's another band called The Sideways and they're like prog rock, alt rock. They're pretty good. We follow each other on Facebook. It's a healthy yes. relationship. We get tagged in their posts all the time. <laughs> oh, it's funny. You guys are sideways the band, right? Is that well, your tag? You know, we typically go by the sideways. Okay. Um, you know, take your pick, but <laughs> I think sideways the band is our Facebook handle. I believe we really need to get our branding in order there for sure. You're right. Stop digging at us, Ben. I no, I, I only brought it up because that's that's I tagged you a moment ago, and I remember I. One thing that's weird about tagging people on Facebook is sometimes it's the band sideways, sideways the band, sideways music. It's not a you thing; it's a whole thing across the board. Because you sometimes have to like, I, yeah. like squeezing in, trying to get whatever username you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, so the name sideways sticked. Is, is that the kind of name that I mean? did you at all like being called sideways or is it one of those things that just kind of was, you just had to accept it, you know? Well, I think it was a little bit of both. I think I begrudgingly accepted it. I mean, growing up with a name like Joe, you don't get many, don't get many nicknames. I have the, like the stock white guy name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's either Joe or John. My roommate's name is John. Uh, <laughs> Joe but, and John Doe. Yeah, Exactly. So like it, it was a little flattering just to have a nickname in the first place, um, and you know, like I, I can't really speak to whether it was a good or a bad thing because at this point I'm pretty stuck with it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I do like the name Sideways though. I do like that it was given to, like that nickname was given to me. I also like that people don't call me Sideways anymore. So take that however you will. 
the sideways the sideways band i mean you've got a whole crew of musicians almost yeah. which everybody i mean everybody is prolific in their own right they play in different bands it's almost like a snarky puppy kind of super group situation where all these musicians are coming from other places to form the sideways how many people are are in the band nowadays it's got to be nearing 10 right it's so like our full group is nine and then uh, like oftentimes when we play live we do invite guests up and like have people play with us it's like one of my favorite parts about the band it was kind of formed to be a community um it's it's less less of a mashup of whoever wants to play the day of than it used to be for sure but we do like to keep some kind of that like like flying off the seat of our pants kind of vibe where we we make shit up on the go we we do what we want to do um at, at this point we've we've narrowed it down to nine players we've got the four piece horn section two guitars bass drums and then me and key me on keys and vocals um in the future sideways big band has always been a dream of mine so like we'll see what happens there see how mad my band gets when i try to have like six more people play just a huge big band of horns. It's funny that you said we narrowed it down to nine people as if nine people is a narrow down process. You guys could, you know, fill a, a big, you could fill a stadium with that level of sound. The big band well, concept's it, cool. When we first started, it was like we had all these shows at, at Temple and all these small, like smaller venues like around town. And we, we would do like, We'd, we'd have the core band and then we'd have like four friends that would show up and play either, whether that be like auxiliary percussion or like sitting in on horn where we'd have like six horn players. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the dream for me is just to have like an expandable band. So like all my friends can always hop up and play. It's becoming less and less uh, plausible as we keep going on sideways is kind of, shift our focus from being more of like a open jam kind of like anybody can come in band to be more of like a like well we're, we're on kind of like a minimalistic disco kind of vibe right now we're really trying starting to pare down voices and parts as much as we can which has been really really just like it's been huge for our sound but it, it is it's been tough to like almost limit ourselves in that way but i think it's really good practice at the same time yeah i'm curious to see you know what the mu new music's gonna sound like you said before we started here that you guys have a lot of new tracks on the table and you are kind of honing in on your sound making it a little more simple minimalistic um how long ago did that first album come out <laughs> You know, honestly, we recorded it like a year ago, but we released it, I'd say probably six months ago, seven or five months ago, something like that. We we released it over the summer at some point. Actually, I think we released it July 4th. Awesome. Um, and then we released a follow-up EP um, like a month and a half ago, two months ago. That went over pretty well as well as the Better Days EP. I really love that. Um We've been fortunate enough, enough this year to really be able to stand and 
we definitely lost some opportunities because of the pandemic and all that, but we pivoted in a way that really, really helped us out in the long term. We were able to like be, still be productive, write new songs, get a get two EPs done, which I'm really, really proud of. And even still, we're working on a couple new singles and things like that. I'm I'm, I'm very, very proud of the band this year and all the work they put in. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, it, it's been hard for a lot of people to stay motivated with the conversation I have all the time. We're in the middle of COVID and, you know, there might be a vaccine coming, but there's no solid, you know, set date that this will end. There's so much uncertainty. It's been a wild year, so it's hard not to talk about it. Um, take us through that trip of, you know, it's March. You guys are basically ready to release their your album you're honing in you've got your core group of nine then covid hits take us through like the past six seven months or so and you know what happened at first and how you were able to kind of pivot and come together as a band and still rehearse and still write and still communicate i mean you're doing stuff over zoom how how's all that work it was really tough for a while i think we kind of at a certain point, once the COVID pandemic really became real, I, I was at a very tough point because I had just lost my job and all this stuff. I, I didn't have a car at the time. It was just not going well. And so I was like clinging to sideways. I really, really depended on it as like, oh, this is what's keeping me sane. And then next thing you know, pandemic hits and like, we can't even rehearse. It was really, really disheartening we were working on a lot of really incredible stuff at the time. Um, things that we unfortunately won't get to do now. Um, but at the same point, we, I think we chose to look at it as, as, as an opportunity, opportunity rather than a disadvantage. Um, we already had the first EP recorded and we were just working through mixes. So that felt pretty we were pretty comfortable with that. Um, so we were able to just kind of take our time and do that even, and it hurt a little bit to not have that be our first EP release and like do a big show and celebrate with all our friends. But it felt good just to get something out because even at that point, we thought the pandemic was going to be like, what, like two months, two months yeah. at the most. Right. Uh, and we like, we released it and we nearly doubled on all our social media platforms, which was really, really, really encouraging. I think people really, really resonated with uh, a lot of the songs from the first EP. Um, this next EP that we did, we really, we recorded at Wicked Squid and we took a little bit of a different approach, mostly because like I didn't really want to have everybody in the studio at the same time. So we recorded everybody one by one by one and tracked instead of doing most things live. So we also had to kind of like rethink our recording technique. Mm -hmm. uh, we learned a lot from that. We learned a lot from that. Um, and you'll kind of hear that with, with the next coming singles. It's like our sound is a lot more sounds. It's just more polished. Mm. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, we took this year stumbled for a little while and then realized that like this gives us so much time and so much less less pressure to create before it's like we're this band we're starting to grow 
there's an instant pressure to immediately have like a big base of content. And we just didn't have that at the time. So this gave us like a second to just breathe, start writing, start doing, just be creative, even without the like the payoff of releases. End of the day, we got back down to like what really makes doing music good for us is just like screw what other people are thinking of it. We really like this tune, so we're gonna release this soon. Yeah, I mean, you love the tune. People don't like it. Who cares? If you guys like it and it's true to you, it's going to come out. It's funny because you, you've got a large band. You're playing songs that, you know, they're funky, they're disco-y, they're jammy at times, they're jazzy at times, but it's not a jam band, right? And Rochester having such a homey scene with so many bands that'll play three hours, you know, start at 10, play till two, everybody comes out. That's got to be a lot of pressure for a band like you guys that aren't a jam band per se to go out and play two sets like that. Um, so it's good to see you had some time to write a little bit, to hone in on the sound. Um, so you said that it it was challenging, but you learned a lot going in and recording one at you know one at a time in the studio. How was that challenging? I mean, are you using a click track? Who starts? How do you pull that together when you're recording one at a time? Previously, did you have the whole band there together at once? Well, what we would do is we, at least for the first album, we did a completely live rhythm section. Mm. Um, and some of, the, some of the tracks were to a click, some of the tracks weren't, depending on like what we did rhythmically in that song there were some songs where we just like decided it would be better to just split it up and have it be like completely free um when the second ep we mostly just instead of taking the whole live rhythm section like guitar bass drums guitar like everything we decided that we would just take we'd have everybody come in from the whole rhythm section the first day and we did the rhythm from that so we did the bass and drums from that and we used that for the whole ep and then we came back and we redubbed everything else it doing the, at least the bass and drums live felt good to me i do slightly miss the live sound but at the same time like part of me has always just been itching to hear one of like sideways songs just like so obnoxiously perfect yeah but, like I can't complain about it because I, you know, I'm such a stickler. I always will have something wrong with the recording. So I, a lot of the time I'll just kind of be like, okay, I'm not going to be happy with this. Let's move on. I love the song, even though that's not exactly what I was looking for. Now I think sideways is kind of moving towards like, oh, we know exactly what we're looking for. Let's attain that sound. I love it. Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear how you, you managed to obtain the sound. I, I think personally, you know, I like going to live shows. I like putting music on in the background. But there is something to be said when you put on a nice pair of headphones and you actually actively listen and the sound's pristine and it's so precise and it's almost like scary or like you can be totally sober and feel like you just smoked or something because it's just so crisp and beautiful sounding. So I look forward to hear hearing the polished studio sound sideways. Is there a 
release date? Do you have uh, are you going to release tracks as you go? What what can we look forward to? Well, we're still so we're still kind of riding off the better days EP release. Cool. Uh, I think a lot of people really liked that release. Um, we're kind of ideally we're aiming for like either like a month, month and a half release. So somewhere somewhere around the new year, hopefully, um, for our first single. Um, the goal for the rest of the year is kind of have like a single every one or two months. Like so we're going to be in the studio a lot this year. I know I've been working a lot, just pumping out demos, trying to get my stuff done so the rest of the band can work on it. Um, that's like... I, in the last few weeks, especially, I've I've really come to like a new understanding of what I want the next EP to sound like. I love um, it, and that's kind I of I think that's kind of what we're building to is another EP. Um, we'll see if we do an EP. It really depends on what the cl- like climate looks like in a month, and or, or two months or three months. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows what the music industry is doing right now. Either way, we're we're just gonna keep creating, hope for the best. Yeah, there there's always been incredible musicians that are very creative, but what's happened this year, I almost feel like it's it's uh it's like survivor for musicians. It's like taking them through like a crazy circumstance that you would never imagine would ever happen. So I feel like musicians are gonna walk out of this just better at the business end, better at the technology end more resilient to the confusing times. I mean, being a musician has never been like, I'm going to go to school, become a musician and make $200,000 in five years. That's never the (laughs) landscape, you know, but I feel like musicians have uh, a grit and resilience that a lot of people might not have just by how this pandemic's affected them. Um, So I'm excited for it. Uh, I I mean, go on this. This year has just been it's been weeding out the people that I don't want to say aren't as serious about music, but like aren't as committed necessarily. I mean, I know just from a business standpoint, Sideways has seen no profits. I end up losing money on most shows. I end up losing money on just about everything what most small bands that aren't turning a profit don't realize is just like you're not going to (laughs) until you (laughs) take off there's no way that you're going to have a profitable band when you're playing in one city um i think a lot of people are starting to realize a lot more about like what it really takes to be a profitable and successful band especially a bigger band like us and at the same time, it's discouraging and encouraging where it's like, how do we rise to meet this challenge during a pandemic? How do we learn to monetize ourselves when no one's making any money? It's it's scary, but it makes you stop doing things for an end result and start doing things because you care about it. Mm. Yeah, I wish I had the answers. I wish I could just flip a switch and everything would be hunky-dory, but it it is a grind. Um, But kind of like what you just said, sounds like it gives you the option to write music that you genuinely believe in and you enjoy creating. And in the sideways, are you the primary 
um, songwriter. Tell me a little bit how that process works. So for all, actually all of our songs except for one right now, I'll essentially, what'll happen, I'll come up with the chords and the lyrics and a general form. And then we'll bring that into the band and the band will arrange it and workshop it from there. Um, probably like besides me, the person that like has done most of the actual like arranging and like really like hard work on that, Malcolm Williamson on trombone and now now actually trumpet now that we have Matt Hawk in the band. Um, he's been working for a long time. Really the horn parts bring a lot of our music to life. So he's been hugely, hugely instrumental in that. But yeah, most for the most part, it's it's me coming in with l lyrics, chords, melody, and then the horn parts kind of settle in on top of that. And I like I allow like it's it's my band, so I do kind of like nitpick to some extent, but not too much. Everybody pretty much plays what they really like, feel, and love to play. It's good. Yeah, the horns do make it come to life. The lyrics are great. The The energy's great. Um, if anyone hasn't seen the Sideways Live, as soon as we open back up, you guys got to see you. People need to see you guys live because that's, that's a ton of fun. T tell us about the live performance. Do you like the studio end of it? Do you like the practice or is the live performance where it's at? I, I love watching you guys live. The live performance is like for me what i need <laughs> i i am miserable when i go a couple months without like performing with sideways that's like probably been the hardest part about this pandemic for yeah. me is that i haven't been able to like go out and like really do what i do best i mean i coming to rochester i was largely a solo player and through starting, I mean, coming into Upward Groove and then sideways after that, I've become much more of an ensemble musician. I don't enjoy playing solo as much as I used to. I definitely always prefer being with a band just because, like, it, I, I'm obsessed with community in, within the band. Like, I'm obsessed with being able to, like, like live, I always can like tell who who plays what line not because of the tone in the instrument just because like what line they pick mm. i don't know it's for me it's just about like i mean i'm glad i've gotten to know my musicians this this well yeah the community's huge that's got to be cool when you you first start playing with somebody you're like oh, i know they've got chops but after a while you start to you can hear who's playing what just mm -hmm. by how they play and what they like to bring to the table um you guys work great as a community i want to put on another track to break it up a little bit because you sent me a bunch and every one of them is super good man um how does julianne sound does that sound like a good track to play i'm down for julianne that's that's one of the crowd favorites for sure crowd favorite <laughs> julianne let's let's check it out
like you When we've had a few too many drinks You call me when it's two or three on the weekend My friends keep telling me You're gonna walk all over me And I know Two weeks, still ain't heard from you I'm starting to forget your face, wanting to Call you every day, but you don't wanna hear from me Can I tell you that I know the way you're thinking And got a nagging feeling that you don't care Keep thinking about you, Julie. you after more than two I don't think it's me you want to be talking to tonight my friends keep telling me they saw you with him last week it's been a couple of months now and I'm not bitter we might have missed our moment but I don't care Keep thinking about you, Julie. Pull away. 
I'll stop trying so hard. It's worked for me so far. My friends keep telling me they know what's going on between you and me. It's been a couple of months now, and I'm not bitter. We might have missed our moment, but I don't care. Cause I've been going through the motions. Why do I keep thinking about you? Julie Head Julie Head Julie Head Julie Head oh. back you brought a cat with you the for for this part he's been here the whole time just like subtly bugging me from out of frame (laughs) Um, um, before we started he was walking on your keys i actually i have that recorded so (laughs) i'll I'll send that to you after this please don't don't walk on that but that's not gonna go well (laughs) What a goober. You just call him a goober? Yeah. <laughs> uh, another good old-fashioned Sorry. Break, breakup <laughs> song, right? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, that song was not written about me okay. or what I know. That song was written, um, that song was written about n- this guy I know that was getting just consistently led on by this girl. And it was brutal. <laughs> he he definitely felt it. He knew it as well as anybody else did. But I mean, I think that song is a little true about everybody. Yeah, you know it. Everyone around you knows it, and it's sometimes hard to to accept it. You know, that's. I think everybody's had that happen in their life. Maybe not even in a relationship, but just in a bad workplace or a bad friendship or who knows. I I think anybody can relate to that. Well, cool, man. One thing I was wondering earlier, I was wondering earlier and I never mentioned it and it's been on my mind. Where, where'd you learn to sing like that? You don't go to chorus and then you don't go to <laughs> um, chorus and then they, you know, you know, I think there's a little lag just so you know. You know, what's kind of funny about that is that's almost how it happened. Um, I growing up, the only instrument I ever took lessons for or anything like that. Um, was piano. Uh, I took a few guitar lessons, probably less than 10. Um, I took like 
I, I took maybe three vocal lessons when I was in college. <laughs> and then I skipped the rest of them because I was a... <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I really, I think I just ended up for the most part teaching myself, but I did have a really couple of really, really helpful specifically vocal teachers um Teresa Campbell for one probably I honestly not just we'll give it we'll give it to T cans uh Terry Campbell Teresa Campbell Campbell was the woman who ran the choir and the uh, the chamber choir at my my high school when I was like probably in like seventh grade I got recruited to join the orchestra and then like 10th grade, I got recruited to join every other ensemble in the entire goddamn building. <laughs> um, and she, she was a really instrumental part of getting me to like start looking at music as like something that I could study within academia instead of just being like, Hey, I'm stoned with my buddies in a garage better play this random piano that's sitting here uh, <laughs> so like right. with through her and you know my my teacher lane lane gilmore my piano teacher at that time they really like started to push me to like start viewing music as academia i stopped looking as things as like oh like i'm just gonna play this song because i like this song and started looking a little bit more deeply into it but I never really had any like vocal specific training getting back to like your actual question. I just kind of, uh, you know, kind of figured out what was right. Did a lot of research on my own, um, in terms of what I should be feeling and seeing when I sing a lot of singing into the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see what your throat is doing while you're singing. And your like posture and everything like that. Yeah, getting into the techniques. That that's a good thing because I find that you know the best singers in the world, the people that really stand out, they don't sound like one another. They all have their own voice, so there's something to be said to not sound just like everybody else, and kind of train yourself a little bit and hone into your style. Um, Upward Groove, obviously, that was Eli was the the head man there. Um, I didn't know you sang. I don't think many people really knew that you were a singer. Um, when were you in any other bands before Upward Groove and Sideways, where you were the head guy, or is this your this your baby right now? Sideways was the first. Um, I did sing one song with Upward Groove. We did the, it's actually a song that came out on our latest EP. I don't know if I can say it live. But it's, well, oh, oh I, is it vulgar? Yeah, it's a little vulgar. I mean, I don't give a shit. I sometimes wonder if Facebook's gonna like at some point censor me or put me in jail, but people swear on here all the time. Just, just to let you know, it's your discretion. The song is called Fuck Peace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we did used to play it with Upward Groove, and it was the first time I like really sang in front of a crowd, which it for me it was like changed my whole life singing in front of a crowd. 
because I, I was always pretty uncomfortable about it. Um, and then the first Upward Groove show I did, like I started like doing, I started just like my, my crap during sound check, my random stuff, and then I started singing. But all of a sudden, like everybody's head in the room just kind of like snapped to me, like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> since when since when is the keyboard player from upper groove sang because we were really drawing a pretty good crowd at that point um and it was like right at that moment that i was like yeah you know what maybe i can do this and once upper groove started to kind of like break up split apart annual reunion show basically <laughs> it was more like a fucking monthly reunion show <laughs> did like six of them um but we i started to like feel more and more like i could really be the lead person in a band uh, before sideways i never even saw that as a possibility i just saw myself as a keyboard player and not even a good one at, at that and now i feel like i almost see myself on equal footing as a keyboard player and a vocalist um, which was something I never, never really saw myself doing. Hey man, that's, that's, that's positive. It's inspirational. It, it, a lot of it, obviously you were training your vocals for a long time. sounds like part of it was just opening your mouth and getting in front of people and getting comfortable with it. Right. Once I started getting comfortable, I worked really hard at it. Once I realized that things were going well with Hubbard Groove, I mean, I I had sang with choirs before, and I I had been a church musician for a long time, so like I was used to leading groups of of singers and learning how to talk to them. Excuse me. Um. But like once I really like realized that like, hey, maybe I'm not bad at this either. It, like it really gave way to like a whole different way of thinking in terms of my singing. Hey, uh, confidence goes a long way, man. I I'm wondering because a, a lot of people might be in a band and they're constantly writing on the side, but you know, maybe it's not the genre that fits the band. Maybe it's not their role in the band. Um, and they haven't started their own group. Let's talk a little bit about the process you went through to ultimately build your own band, build your own entity. And if someone's listening to this and kind of like trying to start a band, like who'd you reach out to? What were the first steps? I, I presume you weren't just on Craigslist posting ads or maybe you were. I, I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, it's crazy because like at that point we were doing a temple jam every week. We were doing like a Johnny's jam every week. So like I my two like at the beginning of sideways i was in a very dark place emotionally a lot of terrible things were happening to me on a personal level and i started really like just going out to bars all the time which was in in practice don't follow this advice don't do this don't go to the bars all the time if you're feeling sad <laughs> but i happened to meet my bandmates and I got a couple people that I really could start a band with. It's it's less about the people that you start a band with and more about the commitment that you put behind it. And like, it's it's more about like 
pulling people together that have like something to speak over your music. It, it takes a minute. It's not easy. And it, it, I mean, it took me like 20 years, over 20 years to be able to like write something worth singing about. But like when it hits, you know it. There's something to be said there. Uh, again, not endorsing going to the bar all the time for a way to meet people, although it's something that you may have done and I definitely did. But it, it sounds like, you know, you were a part of the scene, you know, you were being social with other musicians. It's not like you can just, you know, grab a pen and paper and put together your perfect band. Part of it's getting to know the musicians, playing with them, um, maybe sitting in with them, go on. Musicians, like no one's just going to give you their time. Right. We're all trying to get something out of it. So like no musician's going to play with you unless they see you like doing something that they can get behind and care about. Yeah, there's something to be said there. Let, let, I like this thought experiment. I've asked this a few times, but let's say musicians would give you any time that you ask for. Um, you're on top of the world. You can choose um, like a, just a super group of musicians. And it can be a one-off or it can be a long-term band. But, you know, if you want it to be a one-off, that's cool too. Who would you ask to come play with? Or to flip it around, if you could sit in with a band, either answer the question, if you could sit in with a band, who would you sit in with? And or if you could create your own band with anyone in it, who would you throw on board? You can answer either or or both. But, like, who do you look up to, man? Where Studio experience. The studio experience, you're asking? Experience or the live experience? Like, we're looking for people that are really good live or really good in the studio. Because I have very different answers depending on both. Like either, I'll gl- I'll gladly take both. I'm just more curious where your influences come in. So let's talk about studio and then let's talk about live. Studio. One of my biggest influences is a musician that most people probably wouldn't know right off the bat in this stream is this guy called Ryan Lerman. Uh, he's a guitar player. He's actually the guitar player. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so much feedback in my headphones right now. Whatever. Um, it's been doing that on and off. It's not too bad, though. <laughs> um, but Ryan Lerman is the guitar player for this band called Scary Pockets on YouTube. But more than that, he's he's had his own YouTube channel for years where he's just been, like, arranging just, like, these beautiful string farts, just well-written songs. I think that's at the heart of where my influences come from, Ryan Lerman. It's 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 weird and like not very well known, but he just has like a way about him where he he really knows how to put emotion to chords. <laughs> mm. um, him Ben Folds was a huge inspiration to me growing up. Uh, Cole Porter, I listen to the shit out of Cole Porter and Ella Fitzgerald like yeah. so much. Um, if I could have a, like a super group, I would have probably Sam Wilkes on bass, Ryan Lerman on guitar. I'd probably sing, sing and play keys just because I'm a you know I'm kind of spoiled like that. 
Um, and then I'd, you know, honestly, I'd probably do Lewis Cole on drums, which sucks because that just basically ends me up with scary pockets <laughs> or nowhere. <laughs> Obsessed with them. Really, really. Um, I, I, I love the minimalistic approach to thick arrangement. I'm making a note because I've heard of them and I think I've listened to them, but I'm not sure. Are they like a instrumental, like funky jazz band or do I have the wrong I'm trying to remember? I'm trying to put a name to the sound. To Moonchild or to like Jacob Mann or to scary pockets. Scary pockets. Scary pockets is like uh both peck butt with covers. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, they do like basically they've been part of the YouTube music scene for a very long time through other projects. That's basically that's where I heard of Ryan Lerman, um, Jack Conte, the other guy that started Scary Pockets. He's the CEO of Patreon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've been, they were basically at the heart of like the like musicians making a living online. And like right. the based music service, which is like so incredible to me because like these are people that I found when I was in like seventh, eighth grade. And I listened to them and I was like, oh my gosh, these are amazing. And then right. it turns out also happen to be really like smart and business geniuses that like have figured out how to fund their whole fucking huge project with like 10 members. It's inspirational, man. It, again, I, now that you mentioned that he's the the guy's the CEO of Patreon, um, I'm gonna check him out because I, I remember seeing an interview with him talking about the band and talking about basically using Patreon himself and using the internet to market his music. Um, I obviously don't want the sideways to sell out. I never want any band to sell out. But I'm curious if you guys have thought about you know something that could be seen as like cheesy or maybe like a christmas album or anything like that where a band like you guys with the talent and the chemistry could you see yourself doing covers or a christmas album or just something that would get the the internet buzz going i'm, I'm just... really selling out if we had fun doing something <laughs> sure. but it's not selling out like end of the day like i could release a top 40s pop album and i could have a blast recording it love every song on it and people would call it selling, selling out because it's something that they weren't into. Mm. I, end of the day, like I just want to release the music that I want to release. And I would add, if, if I had even like the slightest urge to release a Christmas album, hell yeah, I'll release a Christmas album <laughs> and it'll be so much fun and I'll love doing it. Um, and I think that's what most musicians should go into the studio thinking of instead of like, oh, like, is everybody going to hate this? <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. At the end of the day, I think that's probably a big misconception from super fans that when a band or a musician takes in a different direction than what this super fan identifies with and remembers that nostalgia that they label it selling out, but it's really just a sign of growth and it's a sign of confidence, you know, just being like, I like this. I like Miley Cyrus. Let's do a Miley Cyrus song. I like Christmas music. Let's do some Christmas music. Let's cover Chris Brown. Right. 
you say this to a lot of people i like tell people like oh like let's take the adam levine approach <laughs> where you, re- you release a song where you start a band that's all like rock songs that you really like like aka kara's flowers the band before maroon five that no one knows about and then you start going into maroon five songs that you still really care about but that you're you're writing for a purpose you're not writing just for anybody you're writing for an audience and that doesn't make it any less legitimate you're writing for someone specific and so that was at least for me that's what songs about jane was for maroon five where they really went from like this band that no one really gave a crap about to this band that was signed that was writing relatable songs that they still cared about and you could definitely tell over the next couple albums that they were like starting to kind of blend the two ideas both what they really cared about and what the studio both really cared about and i know a lot of people didn't like that but i really really appreciated that yeah i I gotta look into look into more maroon five because they are one of those bands that's been around forever and really progressed and changed their their style has changed every album they release from my understanding yeah, I try not to talk down about uh, on, on these like older pop artists. Not even older because like, I mean, yeah. more songs about James came out in like two thousand five. I want to two thousand six, uh, maybe even later than that. I don't, yeah. I really don't even know. But it's just like watching these bands grow throughout their careers and calling them sellouts. It, it seems kind of unfair to me. Because it it seems to me like the longer a lot of bands write, the more simplistic and like the more like refined their songs get, whether or not that's through studio influence. I don't know. I, I really do appreciate like their growth and I can see Sideways taking a similar path, not necessarily going that far into pop music, but like learning to like kind of change our song from album from album to album i mean our first album was a largely just like just straight soul album our second album kind of started bringing a lot of rock and funk elements in and now these singles that we're releasing are like neo disco like we don't we don't want to stick to the same sound forever we want to be able to grow and and envision ourselves growing beyond where we are right now it's exciting, man. The The growth's good. And at you're still the same band at the core. That's one thing I think it's important people don't miss is there's a lot of bands that get, you know, I don't know, Dave Matthews band has a negative reputation. I only think it comes from the fact they're so popular. Um, another random band to throw out, Lupe Fiasco, He's a rapper. You see him live. He has a full live band with horns and like a slap bass player. And it's like you can record these precise, you know, albums and make it sound perfect. That doesn't change who you are, man. The live store, the live show can still bump. I think that's important. You got the little, you got the little one with you again. He's yeah, been he hanging was- out the whole time, right? Yeah, he's been sitting right over there. He's been clawing at my leg for the last like three really? minutes. Really? Why you might have seen me go. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm looking forward to, you know, a slow release of the new EP starting as early as January, you said. Um, 
how do people keep in touch with the sideways? Is there any best locations where you guys are most active? Well, we do most of our stuff on Facebook and Instagram, like most bands. Um, we are trying to grow our Instagram profile right now. Um, I, I'd say that like the easiest way to keep up to date on sideways stuff though is Facebook. And like, if anybody, I mean, especially in the Rochester scene ever wants to know anything, feel free to just like message the band and message me. <laughs> like end of the day, the most positive experiences that I've had, I've had with musicians that I like are people that will like message me back and talk to me. Right. So like, we're growing, we're working on it. We're doing our singles. We're trying our best amidst this hellscape of a country right now. Um, and I think we've done pretty well for the most part. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of the people in my group. I'm happy to hear it. We are all just trying our best in it. It sounds like if you want to reach out, to any of the members of the band if you want to reach out to joe if you want to go on the facebook instagram they will respond you know we're in a time where a lot of things are virtual we don't get to see people as much start a conversation hit these guys up follow them on the social media um dude there's one last question i want to ask and it's a newer question um but I call it the time capsule question because 2020 has been an epic year in so many ways, positive and negative. And I decided that we should start, you know, building a time capsule. So imagine we have a time capsule that, you know, we started in 2020. I'm going to be building this throughout 2021 as well, though. And you have the opportunity to contribute something to that time capsule that's not going to be open for at least 500 years, a thousand years. Now, we, this is this is the midst of coronavirus, so it could be coronavirus related, just given in the fact it's 2020. But you got to consider someone, you know, 750, a thousand years from now, they're going to open up this capsule, and they're going to see all these items. Now, obviously, it, it can't be so can't be an idea you know it's got to be something that is solid that you could physically put in a capsule but let's assume that let it let's just assume that it's not going to like rust or rot away so you can just choose any item you want put it in a time capsule is there anything that comes to mind brother uh, of what you would put in there looking around his room yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know if it's it's cheating. I would put a letter in. That no, that works. I just all I want to tell people like with 500 a thousand years in the future is like we're trying. <laughs> we're not perfect. We're doing our best. Yeah all that we have to like really stand upon is the people that lived before us and that we're we're trying our best to stand on their shoulders to do the best that we can for this world and it might not be the best at this time it might not be perfect at this time but we're trying i like that it <laughs> it humanizes 
everything because we've all read a history book. A lot of times the data is incorrect or it's biased, but we've all read a history book. Where in the history books is, I mean, I guess there is diaries and things like that, but having that come to the table and having people not look at the virus and the political fight and the racial issues and be like, have that define us. I think you're spot on, man. We're, we're trying our best right now. I don't think you can expect too much from anybody in a year like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got, you got to give people permission to, to just be freaking human. It's true. Um, Anything we didn't touch on, we, we, we covered a lot. I loved hearing you play. I love the tunes. We're all looking forward to the new tracks coming out with a slightly different style. And um, anything that, that we missed out that we should touch on? Well, just thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for like supporting the Sideways where you can and Rochester Groovecast as well. Um, yeah, just I'm just grateful for the support that we've received this year yeah agreed agreed thanks again for coming on dude it's been a good time thanks for having me to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.